Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? It is me again with another episode. Um, how is everyone doing today? Sorry, that was a little chaotic start, uh, <laughs> but that's what it was. Um, how is everyone doing? And I will pause for a reply. Yes, I hope everyone is doing amazingly well. I hope you're having a blessed day, week, month. Whenever you hear this, I hope it's going well. Or if it's not, maybe this is the thing you need to listen to to make it go well. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I I pray this this message hits you in the ears when it's supposed to. Um, <laughs> someone's gonna be listening to this in like twenty twenty nine. I'm like, oh, what is he talking about? Um, today's gonna be an interesting conversation, um, and I really want to talk about like sin time bombs, like things that don't start out as sin that become sin in our life, my life. Um, and then the cost of repentance, like, like, what does it mean to repent? You know, what does that look like? How does that actually, how does that actualize? I guess is the better way to say it. What does that look like in real, real life? Because sometimes we we hear these words like sin, repentance, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like repentance is, you know, we know is to, you know. But I think there's an amazing spot in the Bible that exemplifies this situation. And so that's the one I want to talk about, kind of a, a, let that be the setup, and then carry on from there. And it really starts with David. Um, doing a little OT deep dive. Um, Old Testament, baby. Um, we're going to go with 2 Samuel 23. Uh, I'm sorry, 24. And this is the whole census that was taken at the very end of like David's situation. Um, A little backstory. He had just won. He's there. He's got the land. He's got, you know, Israel doing great. But if you, the chapter 24, 2 Samuel 24, it starts pretty crazy. It goes, now again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel and he incited David against them to say, go count the people of Israel and Judah, right? So the king said to Joab, the commander of the army who was with him, go now through all the tribes of Israel from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, conduct a census of the people so that I may know the number of the people. Stop. Boom. We know it says, obviously, that the Bible gives credit to the Lord for this in terms of burning, like, you know, inciting. David against them, but it's cool. Cause like the verse three says, but Joab said to the King, may the Lord, your God add to the people a hundred times as many as there are and let the eyes of my Lord, the King see it. But why does my Lord, the King want to do this thing? Joab knew the problem. Like David wanted to know how mighty he was. David wanted to know how many people are in my kingdom. David wanted to know the, the, the census, go count everybody. Tell me how many people I got. How strong are we? How weak are we? That was where this was kind of coming from. And, and Joab knew that because it says, you know, in verse two, he says, so that I may know the number of the people. It's a prideful thing. It's a prideful thing. And it, it's, 
it kind of jumps down in verse 10. It actually even says more like, but David's heart troubled him after he had counted the people. And David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done, but now, O Lord, please take away the sin of your servant, for I have acted very foolishly. So this is like kind of crazy. This is, so I'm, I'm sorry if I'm a little scattered here, but like, so Joab does what he's supposed to do. And he goes throughout the land and counts. And it takes him nine months and 20 days. They, they tell him it takes nine months and 20 days. And after he does all of it, he gives him the account. That's when David's like, oh no, oh no, I messed up. And I, I think it's such a weird thing because they, they talk about like the, the, the census isn't a sin inherently. You know what I mean? David wanting to take a census is it the act of counting people isn't the the sin it's the motives behind it and that's the part I want to talk about today for me it is like how do things that are not sinful become sinful how are things that are on their face value not a bad thing but the second you pull back a layer and get to the heart posture of that thing well, then there you go. It is a sin. There, there's, there's the issue. It's not the thing you're doing. Like money isn't sinful. The lust of money is sinful. The love of money is sinful. It's not money. Money doesn't have any opinions on anything. It's a, it's a tool or a resource to be used accordingly. But it's the love and desire of that resource or the trust of that resource more than the trust of the Lord. Therein lies the issues. And it's always our heart posture. It's so, I mean, like Jesus nailed it in Matthew, you know, when he's going through the, the Beatitudes and it's like, you know, if, if you've sinned against your brother or if you, have, if you have murder in your heart towards your brother, then you've murdered. You know, it's not the, the act of doing something. It's the heart posture behind it. Um, and I always am, am, am conscious of that because, because of my personality type, Things that aren't out of the gates bad, out of the gates sinful, can become so. Like, okay, like, for instance, this podcast, this is going to sound so silly, but it's so like how dumb my, my brain can be sometimes. I was, when I first started this, I was looking at the analytics. I'm, I'm a data analytics guy. Like, that's what I do for my job and my, my life, my career. I look at data. And I interpret data and I apply data to path forwards for companies, for ads, for marketing, for verbiage, for SEO content, all that kind of stuff. That's what I do. And so I'm very good at looking at information or looking at data and then determining, making decisions based on it. Some would say that's very unfaithful. <laughs> My natural job is not faith-based. It is data-based. It is... I look at the information that's in front of me, which is really kind of a fun, you know, like my, like, yeah, it is what it is. So I, I look at information and I make decisions, you know, and when I was doing this podcast at the beginning, I was looking at episodes and which ones did well and which ones didn't. I was always curious who's listening and who's not listening because it's, it's, Obviously, we're not, we don't, we don't market this. I don't market this. If you, if you listen to the first episode, this is very much an audio journal. It's just me to, to, I'm a verbal processor. So this is me to just 
kind of connect with the Lord via just talking things out. And that's was the point of it. But there was a moment there for reasons that like, this is not some massive production that has got hundreds of thousands of, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, that is not this. But even then I was still looking at the views. I was looking at the downloads. I was looking at who was listening to what podcast episode or what platform or, you know, I was looking at the data. And while yes, there could be a, like a simple, like, you know, knowing, but the other part of me was like, oh man, like, like liking the number as it went up, taking joy in the number as it was going up. And by up, I mean, you know, like, you know, a few dozen, 30, 40, whatever listens, you're like, oh my gosh, like, like 30 plus people have listened to that, which means it's silliness. It has no metric value whatsoever to me, but it did. All of a sudden it had like, oh, oh, like the endorphins, like, oh, someone's listening. To, you know what I mean? Like, it was so silly. It was so silly. And I had no reason to, to even look at the analytics, but that was why I was, I was checking him like, oh man, uh, an episode released on Monday and it's Thursday. How come only 10 people? <laughs> which is still silly, which is, you know what I mean? But that's what I was doing. That's what I was doing. And so, David, and again, that's why I just think about these things as I'm reading. I'm like, man, you know, David had, had finished fighting, was, had a time of peace. And now he's like asking how many men of war he has in his kingdom, how many people are in his kingdom. And Joab like knew that, like Joab got it. He's like, why, like, you know, why does my Lord, the King want to do this thing? Cause he knows it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a prideful thing. And it's crazy how it took David nine months, like nine months it took Joab to get that information. And then, then once he got it, that's when like, he knew he messed up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, oh my gosh. Like David got up in the morning and it says, uh, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, David Sears saying, go and say to David, thus says the Lord, I am giving you three choices. Select one of them for yourself. And I will do it. Like basically, hey, giving three punishments. Like he gets uh, famine, plague, or uh, his kingdom gets overrun by three months. Like he gets three months of it. Says, so hold on, I'll just give it to you exactly. So Gad, so Gad came to David and told him and said to him, "Shall seven years of famine come to you in your land, or will you flee three months before your enemies as they pursue you, or shall there be three days of pestilence, plague in your land?" Now consider this and decide what the answer shall, uh, what the answer, consider what, decide what answer I shall return to him who sent me. And then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercies are great, but do not let me fall into the hands of man. That is a crazy statement. Like trusting, he wants about faith. You know what I mean? Like I give this to God because I don't trust the hands of man. Give it to the God. And it's kind of a crazy, like, imagine those three options. One, seven years of famine. Like, they had just gotten through famine recently, so it wasn't like their, their area was all, woo, woo, like, great surplus. This wasn't Egypt. They had seven years of surplus all stored away. Like, that was still tough. And then, um, being three months of fleeing before your enemies. Well, what craziness is that? Because that means David would have, that would have defeated what the Lord had done, just done for David and all of his enemies. Like David had conquered all the land. David had beaten back everybody. 
So if he was just to give over for three months again, that would have like, you know what I mean? That would have taken back all that hard work and effort. And I say it from a business perspective, all that branding, like David's brand as a warrior, as a king, as a leader, as a ruler, as a follower of the Lord would have been really damaged, destroyed had it been pulled back for three months and he would have been fleeing for his life. Like, well, is the Lord, you know what I mean? Like that would have set so much backwards which is why he didn't want that. Like, don't give men an opportunity to blaspheme or to doubt what the Lord is doing here or who the Lord is with. And then wham. So he takes the, the, the pestilence, takes the plague and 70,000 people lost their lives. 70,000 people lost their lives in that three day plague. Oh my gosh. Like, so here's the crazy part. It's not David's fault. It is his sin. Like, you know I mean, but the, we you, we read at the very beginning that like, the Lord stirred up and cited David against his people. So the Lord, like Israelites, were acting crazy. But but imagine if you're like David asked, like imagine if you're Joab, and Joab doesn't like this, doesn't want to do this, does it, and then bam, plague, three days, seventy people. You know, like oh man, <laughs> David, what are you doing, bro? Get it together. Um, so moving along in the story, so David goes and repents and he, he repents. He gets in front of the Lord and it's my fault, Lord. I'm the one that did this. Do not like remove your hand. He saw the angel that was like out there just, wow, just murking Israelites. Remove your hand from the people. It's my fault. It's my fault. And so he's told to go make an altar, um, with Aruna. Aruna, I think it's that. It's A-R-A-U-N-A. So you guys pronounce that Arauna, 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 whatever. Goes to him. And even how he does this is crazy. Like David goes to, like this is why David's so amazing. He's never, when he makes big mistakes, because I think David makes big mistakes, but he never lets the size of his mistakes stand between him and the Lord. Like when he comes to repentance, he comes fully. When he praises and worships in front of the Lord, he praises fully. You know, when he does shady things with Beersheba and everything else, like when he repents, he comes fully. There is no barrier. And that's what I love about David. So David's told, I need, you need to go make a sacrifice. You know what I mean? Go up to... Uh, uh, Go step an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite, where you saw the angel. So David went up according to God's word and the Lord as the Lord commanded. So this is the crazy part. So David goes up to this place, which tells you the sincerity of his situation because he was the king. Like to go buy a piece of land, that was not king's duty. That was like, dude, go get that land and or call for Aruna to come to me so I can buy the land. That's not what he did. That's not what David did. David took it upon himself. The king, the greatest king, like this is David. This is David. You know what I mean? Like going out of his land into Aruna, to this crossing over to go see Aruna and doing this in person. Like that is humility. That, well, that is, that is beneath his, his, his level as a king. That is beneath him. Showing up like that, asking to do these things, that is beneath him. And would have been beneath any other king. Like they wouldn't have done that. But because of what God was, because of what he was told to do, David did it and went and did it. And 
got there, humbled himself to ask for this, to not send a servant, to not require him to come to him, but went to the place where he was supposed to take, right? And then Aruna, who there's some, Aruna bows down, like, right? As David's coming, he bows down. He's like, hey, I want to, I need this threshing floor in this land so I can make a sacrifice and altar. And Aruna just offers it all to him. Says, here, take it. Here, the, the, the threshing floor is yours. Everything you need is yours. Here's your, the livestock for the offerings. Like, it's all yours. This offers it. And this is what's so cool about David. He says no. Because uh, uh, verse 23 says, and All of this, O king, Aruna gives to the king. And Aruna said to the king, May the Lord your God be favorable to you. But David said to Aruna, no, I will certainly buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, which cost me nothing. So David purchased the threshing floor and the uh, floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. That, that is it. Like that right there. David knew he couldn't offer something that didn't cost him anything. David knew that an offering was a sacrifice. And if there is no cost, then there is no sacrifice. That is something that is so important to me and so important to how I think about the things I'm doing for the Lord. And I think most of us should. I, I, I think if it doesn't cost you anything, then what was it? You know, like, how many decisions do we make that like, oh, you know, we don't, I don't think we give things they're due. Like, this is not a, you need to flog yourself in front of the Lord situation. Like, so this is not a, an idea where I'm like, oh, you need to come down and just be beating yourself in front of the Lord. So it costs you something. It's like, no, no, no. But in the process of repentance, it has to cost. David had sinned greatly. Something that started out as like as a little bit of pride, you know, what is my, what is the size of my kingdom? What is the number of my kingdom? Was, was a big deal, was a big deal. It showed not trusting the Lord. It showed that you just, you know what I mean? There's a lot of things into that statement and he's repenting for it. And there was all this massive consequences because of the, the, the 70,000 people died because of this over three days, the pestilence, all this. So now he is trying to get right with the Lord. He is asking it to be on his shoulders. And he says, you need to go up here and sacrifice. So he does that, but he doesn't just hand that off to something to be done. Hand that off to like, okay, we need to sacrifice. Cool. Hey, someone else go up to that land, get it, sacrifice, make an altar. Let me know when it's done. Because he, he could have done that. It was well within his ability as the king to do that. He didn't. He took it upon himself to humble himself, to go down meet with Aruba, like, um, Aruna, I'm sorry, Aruba, <laughs> Aruba, Jim, <laughs> beach boys. Um, so he, he did. I, I love that, that, that heart posture of David was the sincerity of no, no, no. This is something that I did. I'm going to take full responsibility for it. I'm going to go get that land and no, I will not accept a gift to offer to the Lord. Thank you for your generosity. That's such a cool thing that Aruna did, you know, that's such an amazing, that, that's an amazing heart of generosity from Aruna to see that and go, I'm on your team. My heart's with the people as well. And I, you're my leader. You're my Lord. I, you're my King. So let me absolutely, I'll honor you with all that I have. Like that's an amazing heart posture too. But the, to David, like, nope, 
I will not take that gift. I will pay you for it. Fair price. How many of us don't do that? How many of us would have taken that gift? You know, like there is, there is an amazing time to, to, to sow seed. Like it's so cool when you're able to bless people with things and do things for people. And there, there, there is, that is not any part of this, but when you are in a place of repentance, when you are in a place of trying to get right with the Lord, when you are, are, are recovering from a, from a known sin that the Lord has convicted you of that you, you're like, oh my gosh, I've did this right. Do we take the easy way out? Do we take the gift of the offerings and that doesn't make a cost? We, the, do we, do we skip the sacrifice of that? And I'm asking myself, like, like, do I do that? Like I've been at, I, you know, when, when sin creeps my door and I'm, 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 I'm brought it to my, it's brought to my attention and I need to repent and I need to get right with it. Like, where do I, where in that path do I, do I see it through like David did? Or do I bow out through the process? You know what I mean? Do I like, ah, you know, I'm good now, right? I'm, I'm repentant now. I've, I've said, sorry, Lord. And I think about that. I think about when have I not repented fully? When have I not paid for the sacrifice? And I don't know what that looks like all the time. You know, that's, that's really, again, a heart posture between you and the Lord. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to square that circle for yourself. You know, you're going to have to make that decision. But I, I, I go back to me, like, when did it cost me? When did it cost something for me to, to be right with the Lord? And what have I done to make sure that I was, I was like, my repentance was, was sincere and not just a, eh, you know, Hey, go, go make an offering and do it third party. But it was me. It was my heart. I was getting in there. And so that's, I, man, it's so funny. Like so much, so many of these podcasts I talk about, and it's like, I identify not, I identify with like Cain when he has that decision to make. I identify with Aiken, like, you know, because his flesh crept in and I identify with those. And and that's not to, to say I identify always as the negative. Like I, I believe fully in what the Lord has spoken over all of our lives. You know, I believe what the scriptures are, like what he intends for us, how he delights in us. We are his righteousness. And I, and I believe in those things fully. And, and I walk in the confidence of that fully. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to have those moments where we need to come, come humbly before the Lord in repentance. You know, David walked boldly with the Lord. He had a heart for the Lord. He worshiped the Lord, but he also sinned greatly in front of the Lord. We all do it. But the beauty, the lesson of David and why I think most people love David was his, his, his heart for the Lord was more than anything else. Yes, did he sin? Yes, did he have pride? Yes, did he have lust? Yes, did he walk with the with the sins of this world? Yes, absolutely. But every time we read about David and him being aware of his sin, man, is he quick to repent. And he has no fear of the world's perception of him. He has no fear of what people are going to think of him. He does not take rebuke lightly. Like in terms of, he doesn't take rebuke, like how dare you rebuke? No, no, no. He gets down and personal with the Lord. I've sinned against the Lord. Lord, this is my fault. Like get punish me and my family. Don't punish the people. 
He does that with, and, and that is, oh, what a beautiful way to approach that. Like, man, I don't care what the world thinks of me. I have to get right with the Lord. I don't fear what the Lord, I don't fear the world. And if we're being honest, so many of us fear the world. I fear the world. I, I can 100% say I've plenty of time I've acted out of just fear of opinions, fear of what people will think of me, fear of, ah, do I want to say this? Do I want to speak up here? Do I want to do this? Like, why does that world, why does that have such a strong hold on us? You know, knowing, knowing what we know about the word, knowing what we know about our father, our savior, why do we let the world impact us the way it does? Why do I let the world and its opinions persuade me? Why would I give any attention to who is listening to this podcast? Because it's not for that. It's not for that. It's not, if you're listening to this, and I'm, I'm so happy that you are, but it's not for you. It's just for me to walk out the things I'm walking out with the Lord that he's putting in my heart that I think I need to work on, that I think I need to celebrate, that I think I need to talk about, that things in the scripture that I see that make me go, man, God, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the destination right there. Like chasing after his face is the, is the goal. Chasing after that, that relationship of just being in his presence and being in, in communion with him and being aware of him in my life in all situations. That is the goal. That's, that's what I'm doing this for. And I hope that, that, you know, that, that this benefits someone else, of course, but to worry about it, to think about it, to like, oh, you know, like to give it that weird prideful aspect, that is not, that is not it. That is not the goal. Um, and I don't want it to be the goal. So I actually, so it's funny. I, I totally stopped looking at any of the back end of this. Like, I don't even look at it at all. I upload these, I schedule them and I, I send them away. And then that's the last I think of them. And then oddly enough, I listen to these all the time. Like I go back and I listen to certain episodes of this podcast because I know where I was at when I recorded it. And it is so, it's like if someone was to go through their journal and just read their journal and be like, man, what was the Lord saying to me here? What was the Lord saying to me here? So I, 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 it's what I do with this. I'll go back and I'll listen to the things that I was talking about and like, oh, good Lord. Yes. Let me, let me keep pouring into that. Let me keep diving into that. Like, let me keep focusing on the time I spend with you, Lord. Let me keep focusing on being aware of the time I'm spending with you and how much I love it. And how much it feeds me. And what were the things that I was struggling with? Like if I start having that same kind of like, uh, does, you know, my, we, we listened to a sermon recently and the, the pastor was really great about intentionality, like being intentional with your faith, being intentional with your walk and having a focus. You know I mean? Like a child, like a, like a, like a pregnant woman giving birth, there is a in undistractable focus. She is very focused on the task at hand, which is giving birth and how we all should be very intentional with our faith and what we're doing with it and what we're about in our walk. And so when I think about that, I think about, again, my mind goes to the cost. Like, am I, what is, what is my walk costing me? You know, where am I picking up the cross? 
this is not a, I need to be finding pain. I'm looking for it. No, no, no. But like, I, I, I like, is it, and I don't mean that a cost doesn't have to be a negative. It can be a joy. Like, like, where is my, where is the pleasure of my sacrifice to the Lord? Where is my joy in my offering? Like, am I coming before him with a heart posture of yes, absolutely. Lord, thank you that I even get to give you this sacrifice. You know, like the, the fact that David was able to go and sacrifice and end in the plague, in the pestilence that was on his land. You know what I mean? Like what a blessing that was like, here, I'm giving you an option. And the fact that I love you, like, like the Lord's like, the fact that I love you and I want to have relationship with you, I'm giving you this chance to make things right. And then immediately I do. And that's how he is with us all the time. Like he gives us these amazing spirit checks of like, Hey, ooh, not, not great. No, that's not what I want. That's, that's not what I desire for you. And then we get to come back into agreement with what he has and relationship with what he has. And he's right there every time. And I, I love that. I love that. And so I just, I, I just think about what does my walk cost? What does my repentance cost? What does my joy cost? Where am I sacrificing for him on, on my heart, on my walk? Where am I just giving it, giving him what he deserves, what he's, what he deserves. You know what I mean? Like the, just the, the absolute complete, hundred percent. Yes. All in surrender, all of it. Like, what does it cost me? And, and, and no matter what it does, it's, it's, it's a deal. <laughs> no matter what it costs, it's the greatest discount I've ever been given, you know, like eternity with the Lord. Oh man. I just think about that all the time. Eternity with the Lord. What does that look like? I can't understand it, but I can't wait to experience it. I, I can't understand eternity. My mind can't comprehend, like, what will we be doing forever with the Lord? Oh, but I, 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 I don't want to make mistakes today that will impact that eternity. I don't want to, I don't want to live in fear of this, but I don't want to not do the things. That's, it's not living in fear. It's, it's living in regret of it. I was worried about the cost and I, and I didn't act accordingly because the cost on this, on this level was, seemed too much or seemed inconvenient or whatever. <clears throat> and because of that, I sacrificed what I should have been receiving. Like I, I sacrificed the crown I'm going to be laying down at his feet for eternity. Like I want that crown to be so beautiful for him. I want that crown to be so worthy of him. I want that crown to be so just speaking to the, what he did in my life. For eternity, I want that crown to be beautiful. So what do I have to do today and tomorrow and the next day to make that crown beautiful, to make it worthy of the authoring? So I live his feet. It's just for eternity, I get to give him that and say, thank you. Holy, holy, all that. That is the part that I want to focus on. Like that is, oh, I, I man, this world is amazing and I, and I want to be a part of it and I want to bless it and I want to bring his kingdom to it. But gosh, I can't wait for eternity with him. What is that going to be like? Oh, it's going to be so cool. All right. Yeah. So that was really, you know, the Davis story. That's where I kind of <laughs> got to that. But that is, that's where my, my heart was at today. Like the cost of the sacrifice, not giving it for free. I love it. So that was it. Um, thank you, Diff Mix, for doing this. As always, big shout out, diffmix.com. Go check them out. Love them. And I will see you guys next week. All right. Bye. You have been listening to a Church Podcast. 
Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't.